Hello and welcome everyone to a kick-ass episode of Bad Signal Podcast, sponsored by Better Edge. Always have to mention Better Edge. And Steve's dog that's barking in the background. Always is. Always is. Just he, he knows when we start recording and he just pops on. Well, we have a jam-packed show today. We have some thoughts. Listen, we're, we're not going to completely spoil all the surprises of Brian Baldinger, who is our, our guest on the show. Um, I just realizing we are less than 100 days away from the NFL season. And um, I've always had this idea where I want to break down each individual division. You know, kind of do like a one show preview each of the divisions. So we start off with the AFC East, you know, got to break down. I had to ask him a bunch of questions about Bill Belichick and the uh, coaching styles that are, you know, a lot of people are up in arms about who's calling plays, who's not calling plays. Joe Judge is already uh, making a hissy fit out of, uh, yeah, you you love hearing that, right? I just, you love. If I never hear that guy's name again, I will be thrilled. And I have a bunch of feedback that I want to throw to you, especially Steve, uh, talking about Baker Mayfield. We have some new news on Deshaun Watson uh, that we have to get to. Colin Kaepernick. I-, I want to get to some hockey stuff because I just don't want to watch hockey for the rest of the summer right now. <laughs> I-, 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 I have to, t- I- all right, I have to get this off my chest. So the Colorado Avalanche are absolutely unstoppable. If, if they don't, if they don't sweep the Stanley cup, we, we might have like, one of the worst Stanley Cups to watch of all time because they are so damn good. Completed the sweep of the Edmonton Oilers last night. They came from behind and they won 6-5. Six, 6-5 five. Six five in overtime. Um, on Saturday, I decided that I, I wanted to, um, you know, lay some money and, and, and bet on the uh, Edmonton Oilers and Avs game. And I said, you know what? First instinct, I said, I think I think the Avalanche might sweep. I, I really think that they they have a really good chance of going up 2-0. The the atmosphere up there in Edmonton, poor Edmonton, like they those fans, know, they deserve better. No, they really that, do. They really really deserve better. If they, I mean, like that game was enthralling to watch. Um, just the passion and the you could just hear the fans screaming through the TV. But um, decided to bet. I put some um, some money on a couple of uh, baseball games. The only one that I lost was uh, the Red Sox. I guess I can't fade the Red Sox anymore. You know, uh, they're Steve, they're better they're better of late. You probably right. shouldn't do that. Yeah, now. yep, yep. So they slept the Oakland So I, you know, I decided to take all of that money and put it on a, a little hockey game. And I said, you know what? I really think that the Abs are going to win. Um, and then I was like, nah, listen, like. Let me just go check Action Network and see what some of their experts are saying. And they're like, back Edmonton. So I put $50 on Edmonton and I lost. And I don't want to watch hockey again. Like I, I still just can't get this image out of my head where they were up 2-1 and then they tied it. And then they were on like a power play. The, the puck hit the post, dinged off, went the other way. The guy jumps out of the penalty box, beats the defender and scores through this Mike Smith's fucking legs god i'm mad i, I, I just I, no i'm mad i'm really i would be mad. mad too i would be mad too because i you listened listen i you gotta listen to your cell phone all you this gotta stuff. listen to yourself that's the bottom line people don't don't listen to action network that just the thing I, is I, too, I might just delete i might i might delete my allegiance to action I, i'm starting to get these feelings that these like some of these some of these networks or some of these companies are like just trying to get people they're like in bed. I think they're like in bed with the sports books where they're like trying to get people to bet 
one side because they put up these these posts and I'm like what what is I'm like this doesn't even make sense and then like people are jumping on it like the I know we, we don't talk NBA but like at the beginning of the thing at of the of the finals someone put up a post that like 86% of the money was on the Celtics and I was like that cannot be true I was like no. I know the Celtics are good but like that just cannot that can't be true there's just no way did they did they mean it in the sense of eighty six percent of the money for the series? Because I mean, Vegas is series. absolutely yeah. Vegas is absolutely in love. Well, so first of all, that is wrong, because I know that the prices changed drastically after that game. So yeah. I think the price I think the price changed. The the Warriors I think were were minus one seventy, and then the price flipped like. Minus one eighty for Boston, like after yeah, game it was one. Quick. It was like which quick. was which was weird because I follow Mitch Moss and follow the money is also if you guys want a great betting show, follow the money is is fantastic. It's on Beatson and I you know I I listen to uh, those clowns in the morning sometimes because they're on live at seven a.m. So uh, I get my betting fix in the morning and so I follow Mitch Moss and that's what Mitch Moss was saying. So um, yeah. you know yeah, but you gotta listen to your you gotta listen to yourself. Like you can't like. I'm mad for another reason about hockey because the Rangers blew a two goal lead and lost the game in the last 41 seconds. I was very upset about that. Yeah. So I, I understand your, your feeling there. Um, I'm, it's, the, that series, I didn't even, I thought the Rangers were going to get swept in four and now they're up two one and I have all this hope and I just yeah. can't, like, I, I can't take my eyes off it now. Like, Oh, are they know. just are they gonna get creamed in the Stanley Cup? Is that I mean like like what's worse? Like if if the Heat made the finals and they were limping into the finals, they just ran out of gas. My basketball team here. They did. Uh they, did. they just totally ran out of gas. Like what what would be worse? You know, going to the finals and getting embarrassed by the other team because you just can't compete, or or just getting swept and and not going at all. So, I mean, like, what would you prefer? Do you I, think that they have enough to compete with Colorado? So here's the only, this is the only thing I will say. I think if their goalie, if Igor Shesterkin plays the way he is playing against Tampa, yeah, they have a chance against anybody. Okay. Because the Avalanche also are on their backup goalie. So if, but the thing is the Rangers, what happened in game, game three against the Lightning you can't give up 50 shots on goal every night and yeah. expect to win. Like you can't yep. do it. They have a shot against anyone because they have the guy who is considered a top three goalie in hockey. Mm -hmm. So they have a shot against anyone. But if you look at the avalanche play and you look at the Rangers play, it looks like there is a, it looks like they are competing in different leagues. Yeah. Like, like yeah. The avalanche are just so damn good. Dude, what did you say? They they look like Iceland. They look like Iceland from the Mighty Ducks, like just just demolishing everybody in their path. Like it's unbelievable. <gasps> oh I think, my! I think God. Uh, I think Wolf the Dennis Stanton is gonna like come out off the bench and like start like so like body slamming his guys. Like I don't, I don't know. This is like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Oh, so, but they see, have a shot. I think they I think they're gonna beat the Lightning. I do think they are better than I I, than I do. I th I think I think the Lightning are cooked. You know what? And we don't want three peats anyways in, in hockey. <laughs> Fuck no. that shit. Is nope. that the is that the thing they're doing? They're giving out free pizza if they win the cup? No, I said a three peat. Oh, a three peat. I thought you said free pizza. What an <laughs> idiot I am. I was 
the stream. It got caught. I'm an idiot. We don't want it. We definitely don't want it. Pizza, three pizza three peat. Pizza and three peat. Uh, someone's hungry. I don't know. I'm uh, apparently, I you know I, I I drank some bourbon last night and um you know I I decided to cook vegetables at uh twelve thirty at night. So um my new timing. name for my for my new name for my parlay, Steve, is the what in the world are you doing parlay? That's that's probably like what is that like plus fifteen thousand? Plus fifteen thousand? Like <laughs> what? What the fuck are you what? doing? Yeah, what, what, what in is... the world are you doing? I decided to eat all of my turkey meat that I cooked yesterday. Oh God, yeah. So that that was that was when I I posted my um my my vegetables last night at 1 a.m. I was listen. I I was trying to do an experiment. I was trying to uh, set up my tripod to do like a like a speed up cooking situation. So. You know, there there was some there was some um, experimental value in it, but um, you know, I, I got a message from one of my friends, and he was like, "What in God's name are you doing?" I think we'll, so, we'll bump that. We'll bump that. Plus plus seventeen thousand. Plus seventeen thousand. What in God's name yeah. are you doing? <laughs> are you doing? That's at, at, that's that's the new parlay name. It's for anyone that doesn't you know you love Steve on Bad Signal. You got to listen to Parlay Friday. Um, it's fantastic. I think the whole shtick. Of the shtick in stick, is, right? The it, whole shtick is the whole shtick is like they have funny names for the parlays. Yeah, that's like, that's the best cool, part, but not the best. That's like that's the that's the best part is people just come for the names of the parlays. And then I noticed I like this though. People that have been following, I love it. They actually they're like, listen, we this guy he like hit me up. He's like, I don't take your whole parlay. He's like, I'll take some of your parlay and then mix it with something else. And he keeps winning. So I'm like, you got to like, you got to send me oh. what you're doing because obviously, you know, we, we hit like one a month, like each, yeah. like between me and Anthony, like we hit one a month each, which is fine. I are not betting big amounts, but like you want to, you want to win more. And like people are just like, oh yeah, like I take like half of your parlay and then I mix it with something else and I, and I win. I, I feel like people do that with with our picks during football season. I did have actually. I need to come on here and say this. There was a uh, a new producer at seven ninety the ticket where I work for road games for the Heat, and um, he's like, oh, he's he said something, and he was like, he's like, yo, I follow you on Twitter. Uh, I listen to your podcast. It's it's fucking hilarious, you know. And I, but I, he's like, listen, like. I listened to your podcast during football season and I've actually won a lot of money. So people listen, they take the bets, they love the bets, but I mean, every time I drop five or six picks of on a fade Fallon, what pick six, it's a pick six on Fridays. You it's drop a pick them. six on Fridays, Saturdays, whenever that is. Damn. I, I gotta, I gotta brush it up, brush it up on my, on my <laughs> NFL, man. So do I actually. I've been sleeping in a pool of basketballs for a long time. Um, you know, so pick six. I mean, most people will will take some of my picks and not there. I mean, and not going to hit. The, I mean, it's the same thing with me. Like, I think maybe only like one or two of them have hit like all six of them completely. Yeah, and it's that. Remember that? Like, I you had like one of those weekends where you had like you were like five and one. Oh no no no! So it was back to back weekends. I was I was, I think I won, I was twelve. I was twelve of thirteen in back to back yeah, weeks. It was a it was a that dominant was it was a dominant performance. Yeah, it was like Jimmy Butler game six against the Celtics. Like Jimmy Butler. That 
look, oh. n- nobody talked about that. Like, I feel like he had like an, a historic performance. Oh, like- no, it was only him and Michael Jordan that had better, you know, a 40 point game with four steals and all the numbers. It was him and Michael Jordan. There was some dude, someone sent me some stupid ass TikTok, and they're like, you know, this is breaking news. I have a conspiracy theory that Jimmy Butler and Michael Jordan are related. <laughs> People they will like, say anything. Side, like, and I'm just like, yo. All you need is comments. So like if people start commenting like you're crazy this, it just gets pushed to more people because they it's like positive engagement. Wow. Is this Lark Media NYC that's reporting? Lark Media reporting from Bad okay. Signal on, on Tuesday. One of the things that he did say that I really loved, the backside of the conversation, it was like, it was like, hey, I want to ask you about Baker Mayfield, but Maybe I'll stick away from it, but he basically was agreeing with me that Baker Mayfield will be a starting quarterback in the NFL at some point. And if he had the Baker Mayfield has the opportunity that he could, if he wanted to compete for five starting positions in the NFL, that he would win them out. And he said, I said, for what teams? He said, "Mm, there's a team in your backyard that I think that they could compete. Listen. I don't think Tua Tungabailoa is going to be starting in the NFL for the Dolphins through week four. That's my prediction. And he was saying, listen, Baker Mayfield could win that job easy. He could win the job easy in Seattle. Oh, yeah. He could win the job easy in Houston. I mean, why doesn't he come back to Texas? He's a Texas boy. He went to he went to Baylor. Well, he started right. He started at Baylor and he like left and went to oh start yeah i'm stupid or texas no, tech or something Oklahoma. Like yeah no but he's just I, i'm thinking yeah because he's from he's from texas he's from texas but yeah. i mean if you think about it like he he's better than i don't even know who the texans quarterback is that the guy last davis year. mills davis mills he's better than davis mills he's better than drew lock and geno smith is he better than is he better than tua, tua yep He's probably so. a better fit for that system than to, to, I mean, oh my God. On like, like, I don't know. I, I, I shouldn't be talking about this, but like a couple of weeks ago, they showed like Tua throwing a pass to Tyreek and like he underthrew him by like five yards. They got three million views because yeah. the ball was like, oh, so like, he's having some gravity issues through the air. Yeah. Like it's like you're fighting the wind. Like with that, like, what are we doing? Um, He probably, he probably could start for the Giants. Oh yeah. Right now. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not buying into any, any of the hype that they're saying, Hey, listen, who did I see on NFL network the other day? They said, listen, Daniel Jones, he's a great quarterback. They didn't pick up his option. They know they don't want him. They didn't pick up his option. They don't want him. They're doing this the right way. I like what I'm seeing. Okay. Right? So they're, they're, yeah. So they're doing nothing. They're doing they're nothing. Tanking, they and got, then they get a good pick. They got two good picks. They got, they picked two linemen there and the, they, Thibodeau and Thibodeau, um, yep. and Evan Neal. Evan Neal was the guy I wanted the whole time. Great. I don't care about anything else. We stink. We get a high pick and we go get a quarterback. They didn't yep. pick up. They didn't pick up Jones's option. Let's just be terrible and let's move on. That's okay. It. All right. All right. Uh, they, you had some interesting thoughts you wanted to talk about with uh, Colin Kaepernick as well. I, I mean, listen, I'm kind yep. of anti Colin Kaepernick on my show, but this was um, a rather interesting proposal that you had here steve well, well here's so everybody's talking about like him working out for the raiders and like he's he's not coming back to the nfl right. first of my all th- i have something to say okay go, go ahead, ahead. Go no, ahead. I'll, all right here's my thing go nobody ahead. talks about this on any network anywhere it's like we don't want it's like we want to just ignore this fact 
He hasn't played in the NFL in six years. Six years. That is a long time for somebody to be out of anything. Like if, if I was out of podcasting for six years and I tried to come back, I mean, I probably could, I'm pretty good, but I, I, I like it, it's hard to be out that long and come back and play at a high level. Like, yeah, sure. He looks great in shorts and t-shirts. So does the kid that lives down the block for me that goes to the park and throws to like his friends. They all look good in shorts and t-shirts. He hasn't played in six years. And before he left the league, he was bouncing five-yard drag routes to wide receivers. So I'm not like, why is nobody talking about this? Everybody's just like, no. He's better than like every, he's better than like half the starters. I'm like, what are you talking, what are you talking about? Where does that come from? Sorry, that's my rant. I'm good. uh, Listen, like I'm all about racial equality, but um, at this point, it's over for this guy. He had an opportunity to come back to the NFL. Remember that workout that he had in Atlanta? Yes. Where half of the league sent their coaches down there. 30 minutes before the workout, he cancels the workout. And moves it an hour and a half away. Do do you remember that? Do we do we I remember, not? Remember? Oh, I remember. Oh, I remember that. Oh yeah, I, he I cancels it. the fucking workout and moves it to another facility that's an hour. Like, are you really trying to be like the elusive Mister Go Go Gadget here? Like, I I don't understand what the what the concept or anything that was in his mind to do that. Like, you have your opportunities that are presented in front of you. Like, let things come to you. Let things happen. Let God make good things do to you. Right. You had your, you had everything set up for you to, you know, to make a comeback, uh, regardless of whether he he was banned from the league or not. Okay. Um, I I agree with you. I I can't. I, and also, you think that Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders are just gonna? He's gonna let Kellen Kaepernick walk into his locker room. His first year, his first season, trying to re- have the redemption story of that shit show that happened with the Indianapolis Colts, where he signed on, agreed to be the head coach, then resigned faster than Bill Belichick wrote his name, and I resigned from the head coach of the New York Jets on a fucking napkin years ago, okay? All right? He's giving Derek Carr a second chance. He also signed Jared Stidham. From the New England Patriots, he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And everyone, oh, Jared Stidham. I mean, like, his his wife is more famous than he is. Sorry, no room for Colin Kaepernick on that spot. And and listen, I don't know. Go play for, like, the fan-controlled football league. Wouldn't that be more exciting to him? To play for, like, one of the fan-controlled football leagues? Or even, like, go to the USFL. Or the USFL or something? Like, you would get more people watching that. And more sponsors than running a muck in someone's locker room in the yeah. NFL. The XFL's coming coming back. So he should, he should sh- play. Yeah. What's up? He should I play mean, there. He should play there. What's uh, like something's gotta come to rest. And then guess what? And then guess what? Then yeah. if you wanna say, okay, this guy's been out of football for a while and he looks good there, then maybe he gets a shot to play in the NFL. But like you can't be out of something for this long and come back and be productive. You're not going to convince me that that's the case. No. Um, that's that's it. End of yep. end of combo. End 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 of story. Um, a rather interesting scenario is coming up with uh, Deshaun Watson. You know, speaking of Baker Mayfield, he still is a member of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, a lot of people are not happy about. Deshaun Watson coming in and taking the reins of the starting position as a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, um, including one Jim Tomey. 
Jim Tomey, longtime Cleveland Indians slugger. I mean, that dude just used to just slosh baseballs Mashers. out of out of the park. Uh, canceled his season tickets because he was not happy with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, one Jason Jackson is from Cleveland, Ohio. He is not happy about Deshaun Watson being a quarterback. He also also hates Baker Mayfield. So, you know, that's that's on the other side of the coin here. But um, Deshaun Watson, a new accuser, the 24th accuser. Could this scenario potentially ruin his career? I mean, are we getting to the point that I know Roger at 345 Park, you take your sweet ass time, but I just kind of want to get a response and see how long he's going to miss. Yeah. How many now, games is he going to miss? How many what? How many games is he going to is he going to be suspended? I think he's going to miss a whole year. You think so? Really? I, I mean, I, I mean, what? I don't think so. What do you? I think. I think. Like, I, I, think I mean, do you remember when? What was it, Tyreek? What doesn't Tyreek Hill get into? He got in trouble. He got in trouble, but he didn't get suspended. He didn't get suspended, and they kind of waited a whole season, and then it just kind of. Fell by the wayside. He had like yeah. audio recordings that were not good, and he didn't get suspended. Whatever. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't. I don't. This is like just a weird situation this is now. Bad. This is bad. This is, this not is good. because also I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard his lawyer last last week mm-hmm. what he said that didn't do anybody any favors. His lawyer. I would have fired like I would have fired this guy immediately. Why? If I'm Deshaun Watson, his lawyer comes out and says, just so everybody knows, happy endings aren't harassment. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. What is wrong with you? What What is wrong with you? Do you have any like feel for the situation? Do you have any awareness? Oh, my God. Yeah. Listen, he should just go talk to Robert Kraft about that one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Robert Kraft. Imagine he was like, my boy Rob knows. Yeah, my boy Robert up in Jupiter. But like, what are you doing? What is yeah, wrong with that? Are, didn't that didn't do any favors? But now, like, so apparently this because the woman who the 24th accuser who just came forward wasn't on the original list, there is a possible they're mentioning possibility of he could get his contract voided. I don't that's insane. Um I texted my buddy Ian Rappaport to ask him about, uh, to confirm that he has not gotten back to me. That's why Adam Schefter is my favorite. Uh, thank you, Ian, for not getting back to me. I Listen, Adam Schefter, I could text him the same thing. He might immediately respond. I needed something. It's been 30 minutes. I needed something for the podcast to confirm that Deshaun Watson could potentially lose his multi-million dollar contract with the Cleveland Browns. Thanks, Ian. Um, I guess we will find out on on the next show. I guess it's just like like here's what what how I feel and I've always felt about the situation. Yeah, where he's like, oh, I've never done anything wrong. This, that, the other thing. Okay, if you had, and I'm not accusing anybody. I'm just saying, if you had one accuser and you were like, oh, it's I didn't do anything wrong. It's just it's just she just wants money. You have now 24 accusers did they all like get in a room together and say we all want money like I, I like, do, but like also too have they have they sourced this woman out is it legit i have no idea i don't know that i don't know i don't know like, like could, could she just be popping in like i would if i was deshaun watson i'd be pissed i would yeah. just be like wait a minute that didn't happen i'm you running think the out Tex- of- you think the texans planted her 
too. They could. They seriously could. Maybe it's Jim Tomey so he can get all his money back. <laughs> Jim Tomey placed her so he can so he can he can retroactively get all the money back that he's had from all of from from uh, the, from the Indians. The miserable the, the the stadium of sadness. Oh, sorry, they're not. They're no longer the Indians either. Oh yeah, the Guardians. The Guardians. Guardians. They, I, I, I also I feel like they like. Are they a good baseball team? Oh, I mean, it's, it's no. Terry Francona. Terry Francona is still. He's still. A, they're not good though. They're like, they can't hit lefties for shit. Um, oh. They're they're struggling a little bit, but I think that they tried to save. Mo- I think they t- chose the name Guardians so they could save money on like half their apparel and half their uniforms because it still ends in like D I A N S. So I'm just saying, I don't know. Maybe they cheaped they're out. Just, they're saving. They're just they're cheaping out on apparel. Money in Ohio. They could. They're cheaping out on apparel. Ohio's <laughs> just trying to save money today. Like this. Do you think that they're just gonna unstitch? Unstitch. They're just gonna unstitch. Like for their the apparel, they'll just unstitch the high end. Yeah, that's it. That's all you gotta do. It's, <laughs> it's more letters. It's it's more letters, but it's it's only half. You but can, half of it, so it's half like, of it's the same. Just so. listen, just send all the two for one. I'm on to something. Flippers. I'm on to something here. I gotta go investigate and prove it. That's it. <laughs> oh my god. That's okay. it. I'm, I'm That's on it. to it. That's all we got. Uh, let's listen to, to uh, Brian Baldinger. And, uh, well, you know what, Steve? The next guest that we have on for next week's show. To do the NFC East, we're definitely going to have you. We're going to oh, do a three box. Oh, I'm going to pop in three box situation, and we might get whoever we have to think about our guest list. But we're going to we're going to do NFC East next. Oh, I need to. I have I have questions. Uh, Whatever it is, I, I got questions. Oh, you got questions, and then and then I need I need to send you this detective uh, Steve Stevie content sleuth. Yo, I, I expect a TikTok at the end of the day about how Ohio is trying to save money here. I, I, <laughs> I'll have it tonight. I'll, I'll have it tonight. Maybe. Oh my God. That would be great. Cause my man on the street stuff did really good in Philly. Like, I don't know why. Like, I, Oh, because it's, because it's great content. Sheffield Scheffler. Scheffler. Yeah. Scheffler. Peter. Um, Oh, Ian Rappaport. He uh, came through. Okay. Oh, wow. You got to take, take, take back everything you said. I got to take back everything favorite. that I said. He said, hey, hope you're doing well. Not hurt. I have not heard about that clause. So okay. not true. Pro football talk. They better redact. My is full of shit. They better redact that tweet. Another edition of Bad Signal Podcast with my old buddy from NFL Network, Brian Baldinger. Welcome to the show. We are getting and transitioning back to talking about NFL. My favorite yeah. topic of the year. Always. Well. I mean, the last time I talked to you, Courtney, we were talking NBA playoffs. So we are doing a, a real pivot right here to, uh, you know, to what everybody else is talking about. I mean, there's a couple games left in the finals, but everybody else is talking about, okay, we're 100 days away. You know, we're 90, in 96 days, the season kicks off. So That's we're under 100 days away. Are you a big um, Hall of Fame? Do, do you take much stock in like the Hall of Fame game, or do you kind of think it's a waste of time and it's at a disadvantage for those teams that have to play five preseason games versus four? Or I know they changed the rules a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, I, th- I was was a, I was just looking. The Raiders are playing the Hall of Fame game this year. Yeah, Raiders in Jacksonville. I think I think that's what it is. But anyways, you know, they're getting an extra preseason game. Teams, you know, nobody wants to play these games, so uh, you got to get through it. It's a good chance to kind of, you know, look at some of your, 
younger guys that might have a chance to stick it at the bottom of the roster. So you get you get those guys a chance. Oh yeah. Um, but like, but you know, it's a good thing about it, Courtney, is it kicks off the season. You know, it's it's a nice ceremony. It's great to see all the Hall of Famers getting back and getting some attention, and the new guys going in this year. I mean, it's 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 great. It's it's great for the the sport. Do you think Richard Seymour was the uh, greatest first round pick of Bill Belichick's era? I know it's taken him a very long time to get into the Hall of Fame. I mean, one of my favorite, uh, the powerhouse. When he was at his prime, he was absolutely unstoppable coming off the line as an edge rusher. I mean, he changed the game and really cemented the legacy of that Patriots um, front seven. Did, why did it take him so long to get into the Hall? And do you think he's one of the more underrated draft picks by yeah. Bill Belichick? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Um, you know, he was a first-round pick, and, you know, much are expected from those guys. But, uh, you know, he delivered. He was a foundation piece. Willie McGinnis, a bunch of guys that were up there, you know, at that time. I mean, they, they, you know, they they had such, you know, depth and flexibility. And Richard could play inside. He could play a three technique. He could play outside. You know, he could go up and down the line. And so uh, – and he was very coachable. He was a great guy. You know, and like most Patriots, like they send them off before they're really done, yeah. you know, and uh, that's kind of what they did to Richard. So I don't think he maximized his time in New England because he still had good years left in the NFL. But it's good to see him honored. Why he didn't get in, it, I, I can't. That Those voting and the voting, Courtney, is – we know there's always politics and everything. I, I don't know, like, who was pounding the table for Richard Seymour before somebody else got him at it. Those are some of the things that you have to kind of weigh against, you know, what year you were supposed to go in your first year, who you're up against that year. Tony Baselli took forever to get in. He's getting in. He's got passed over a bunch. So the, the fact he's still young, he can still enjoy this Courtney. He's not Drew Pearson getting in, you know, 30 years later, the way yeah. he got in, he's getting in. He can still enjoy his time, you know, as a, as a relatively young man. Switching gears to another, uh, I mean, one of the one of the greatest uh, current players in the league, Aaron Donald, after going on a number of different talk shows, podcasts saying, listen, I don't if I were to leave the NFL right now, I'd be fine. I don't need to play football anymore. It was like, let's need her that it was. Let's rally you back in because he just got a two year extension, 60 million dollars with a record 40 million dollars of that to be guaranteed. Is he deserving? He is the most um he is the most highly highly paid non-quarterback. That is the yeah, the most expensive non-quarterback contract. Um, how many years does he have left? Or would have just would it have just been a sad sight to see to see Aaron Donald walk away from from the league? it seems like the the, the Rams really need him in that in that in Well, that. they do. I mean, he's he's such an important part of the league. You know, he's yeah. such a, a face of the league. And I mean, he's easily the best non-quarterback in the league. And if you want to include the quarterbacks, I don't know, Brady, Rodgers, a couple guys are, you know, you would take Mahomes, Josh Allen, you take a couple guys maybe over him because the quarterback is just that valuable. But he makes everybody else around him better. I talked to him on the field before the game, Super Bowl Sunday, and he, like, this was a big moment for him. You know, he, he knew that there would be a time in the game to take the game over, and he did. The last two plays of the game, uh, he basically choked, you know, Cincinnati out. And so he has that type of ability. He understands when the, you know, when the game is hanging in the balance, not everybody can do it, but he, he knows when to take the game over. He's done that throughout his career. Uh, he's still a young guy, Courtney, but I think, I think what he was saying, 
he was he would he was really honest about it. I think when he said, "If it all ends today and I walk away, I'm fine." I, I believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never been about the attention or the glory or any of that. Like the season ends, he slips out the back door like Barry Sanders did. He goes straight to Pittsburgh. He's in the gym the next day, like he's doing his workout, his routine. Not a lot of people see it. Um, he doesn't want a lot of people to see what he does. Uh, he's very private like that, private family guy. And so I, I do believe that, you know, he doesn't want to leave every body part on the field before he leaves. But at the same time, if there's money to be made, make all the money you can make. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a valid point over there. But Baldy, uh, we got to hear the story about your finger. Uh, you know, I, I need to know, like, just the backstory. That's you think just, there's a story there? Of is there a story? What happened? No. I mean, what happened when no, you're- I, mean, look, I, 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 played in, I played in the offensive line, Courtney. You know, it's not, it's not pretty or sexy. But, you know, like, fingers get damaged in there, you know? Like, my finger got caught in, in Randy White's that? jersey. No, in a jersey. Got caught because I held for a living. Got caught in a jersey one day Ugh. in summer practice. I was with Dallas. I was holding Randy White. And um, the finger got jerked out of the joint. And, um, you know, I was kind of like screaming. I never really had that feeling before, that sensation. The defensive line thought I overreacted. They all made fun of me because they all had fingers that looked like this. They were like, join the club. So, um, you know, it was relatively early in my career, maybe my second year. And so I basically just take these last two fingers together for the rest of my career. If you ever see any pictures of me, those two fingers are always taped. And, and little did I know um, that, you know, when you make a living after football in the media business, that it can come in handy. You know, people want to see it. They want to take a picture of it. There's websites for Baldy's Pinky. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a proud owner of that pinky right now. There's a website. Are people selling T-shirts with you in your hands? Well, I, there's, there's websites. I mean, if you could go on Baldy's Pinky, there's websites out there. People are obsessed with okay. it. So I, I don't – I'm not – Googling it or anything like that, but people tell me it's out there. <laughs> oh, God. Brian Baldinger, one of my favorite people. Yeah, we were talking about um, the NBA Finals. He was at Game 7. Uh, we, uh, we caught up on yeah on that uh, on that game. And Pat Riley just had his end-of-the-year press conference, one of my favorite times of the year. And he says, the dragon still has not left the body. I am, I am still grieving. <laughs> yeah. Can you relate to that? As yeah, well, you know what? It's like what I texted, you know? Like, sudden death is sudden death, man. And you can play seven games and you go, okay, like it's coming down to the seventh game, but it's still, it just rips your soul out. You know, it just leaves you hollow. There's more basketball to be played and you're not playing, you know, and they were so close. You know, I mean, there was a three point shot there in the last minute. Great player took the shot, didn't make it. Um, you know, who knows, but you know, you, you credit the player for wanting to take that shot talking about Jimmy Butler, but um, and a chance to win it. And that's all you can ask. Uh, in that type of situation with the injuries they went through in the, in the long season that it is. And look, the Celtics are uh, are, sh- are showing pretty well here, you know, in so far in, in the finals. But, you know, for Pat Riley, you know, it's just about rings. It's about championships. Nothing yeah. else really, you know, those type of people, they're they're driven, they're obsessed. I, re- I remember being, when I first started, kind of retiring and trying to get in the media, I used to get press passes to New York to the Knicks games, and I would interview Nick players, Patrick Ewing, whoever, and, 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 and Pat Riley was the coach, you know, some of those teams. And they were, like, just the most physical. It was just a different level of basketball back then. Pat mm-hmm. Riley took his game up there to New York, and it was great being around him. It was great being in the garden with them. 
just like it was in LA, just like it is now in Miami. Like there's a presence above everybody else inside that building. And when you see his picture and you, you look at him, you know what that guy is about. Yeah. Are you a Philadelphia 76 or saying like, where, where do you, where do you base your allegiance? I know. I mean, look, I listen, like I, I know NFL films, they pull you up there a lot. You reside down here in South Florida, which is good for me. So I can come over and do a little, uh, yeah. a little Baldy's breakdown during the yeah. season. Since apparently some of the girls at NFL network don't know much about football. You know, we gotta, we gotta relearn. We gotta relearn yeah. a lot of the, uh, There'll be some learning going on next week, Courtney. We'll oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Um, yeah. Are you basically you're, say you're a legion? I go back and forth, Courtney. I'm right here in Mount, uh, Marlton, New Jersey. I'm literally ten minutes away from NFL Films, okay. so I live at NFL Films during the season. I know every custodian that you know vacuums at night, that polishes the chrome, and all the awards that they've won. I mean, I know everybody by name. Um, I live in that place. It's it's my you know it's my little comfort zone. But I, I you know I, I get down to Fort Lauderdale a lot. You know, this time of the year, I'm leaving yeah. to go down tomorrow. So, you know, I get back and forth a little bit because that's my lifestyle. But um, I, I know what I need to do during the season. It's 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 a 90 hour work week yeah. and it, it's it's easy to do. I mean, it's just it's just easy. How often do you go into the NFL films? I mean, that room, it's remarkable for anyone that's never taken a tour in uh, in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. It is it is a remarkable facility. Steve Sable's office is um, left as if he was there yesterday. I mean, yeah. that that great man uh, passed away many years ago. And the most remarkable thing to me as I was scurrying through his um, notebook cards, and I know that a lot yeah. of people oh, are, yeah. um, you know, they don't know about this, but Steve Sable would keep boxes of note cards on every That's single really player. Right. And um, his stack on Bill Belichick was uh, this thick. I need mm. inches. And he had great, he just, he wrote these anecdotes and how often do you um, get in there to maybe like look at some of the stuff or you just kind of admire from afar? Um, can you just speak to the greatness of. Um, well, I mean, his office on the second floor and that, that tucked away in the corner. And um, I just, just briefly, Courtney, um, I'll just go back. Like when I retired, I knew what I wanted to do. Wasn't exactly sure how to get there, but I knew what I wanted to do. And yeah. I knew in order to be an analyst, um, I knew I had to study the game tape. And so I, I saw Steve Sable in a gym one Sunday morning before an Eagle game. And I was doing the pregame show and he was working out in there. And I went up to him and I just said what I wanted to do. And he said, yeah, just my, my, my secretary's Kathy Davis. Come on over, Baldy. Like we'll, we'll get tapes made. We'll set you up, help yourself. So <clears throat> Steve Sable has this, um, he had a presence. It's still there. But when he would walk into a room, the room was his because you never really knew what he was thinking about. But it was something to do with football or making movies or art or something like there was something driving him that day. And so uh, and that's everywhere. You know, it's a museum in that place. But that index card file that you're talking about, I I. I taped a bunch of these shows that I, I, I started called film sessions. I remember I, I did one with Carson Wentz and Joe Thomas in there. And I told Joe Thomas about the index card thing. And he was, he was really curious. You know, he was kind of just pulling cards out like people do. And just, what did he write about Brett Favre in, you know, yeah. 19, you know, 92, you know, first year in green Bay or whatever, like you, you just read that or something, but yeah, that was Steve. That was Steve. He, he would just, he collected, he just collected things, you know, and it could be, it could be magazine covers or football games or, 
you know, music or artwork from movies. I mean, it's just, and it's all on display. He's a, he was a fascinating man. Well, aren't you yeah. lucky that you get to walk through those halls? I How about feel that the- way every day, Cody. I do. Yeah. I feel that way every day. I walk through those halls. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's you know that's what's having a great what having having a great job is about. It's about a sense of pride that you walk in the building. You say, first of all, I belong here, and second yeah. of all, I am in awe every single day. I step back and I look at my surroundings and I say, I am so lucky to be here, and I earn and I approach every day, uh, you know, to get better, even if. You know, you're you're a, 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 a you know the stature that you're at right now. Uh, you know, as an I, I, analyst, I, I, as a player, how, how do you continue to learn? And I always I love asking people this. I was asking Stephen A. How do you how do you continue to learn and get better in terms of like you know film studies and or is it just it's just a matter of hours putting hours on laying bricks on top of hours and studying. You know, I, I'll give you an example. I was at this uh, a buddy of mine's a special teams coach for the Baltimore Ravens, Randy Brown. He's also the mayor of my town here in Marlton, New Jersey. And his son is the special teams, assistant special teams coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, Tyler, Tyler Brown. So I'm, their daughter is um, singing at this function the other night. And they, Randy asked me if I'd come and support her, so I did. So anyways, I'm talking to Tyler Brown. He's the assistant special teams coach for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And they have, a, they have a great kicker, great young kicker. So he missed, uh, he didn't miss one extra point last year, 44 for 44. And he missed a total of three, Field goals the whole season, 30 for 33. So I was asking him about the operation, you know, snapper to hold to uh, to kick. And he was telling me about what they do and one one thing that's different about their holder in Philadelphia. So I, I, I couldn't wait till Saturday morning to go over there and watch the operation just to see what he was talking about. And he called it a ghost hand, you know, like the holder puts the ball down and the kicker kicks it. But the hand doesn't move, and they don't follow the ball for two counts so that the, the hand never is guilty of moving the ball. So it's always laces pointing right to the goalpost. Okay, so it's just a detail. Yeah. But like, that's, but to your point, like, that's the level of detail. You say, how do you learn? Well, I just learned something about holding a football on an extra point that they do, and one of the reasons why their operation is so flawless. And so um, those kind of things, like I, I remember one day I made a mistake. I didn't think it was a mistake. I asked Bill Belichick in the first press conference of the season about the evolution of the flex tight end. There wasn't one other question asked in that in that press conference. Oh, I know. Because all about it took 40 that. minutes, yeah. 40 <laughs> minutes going back to, to, all the, to all the great, you know, from John Mackey on. It, but – so then I started thinking about some of the things that he said. So I went back and I started watching some of these players and some of the things he was talking about. And so you never know when you're going to learn something new. You just have, you know, you got to be open. And the great thing about walking into the hallways of NFL films is I feel like every time I teach something or I learn something, like it's my way of giving back and respecting the game. Like there always has to be, the game has to be bigger than anything. You can have all the the things that happen around the game, some good, some bad, whatever. But, like, the game is still bigger than everything else. It's still going to be here long after all of us are gone in some form or another. So you have to, to me, teaching the game, learning more about the game is my way of respecting the game. Yeah, yeah. Bill Belichick is such a fascinating individual. You could sit back. I think he won an Emmy for all of his um, his work on the NFL 100 seasons and sitting there and, I mean, the interviews and – 
You say that he went on for 45 minutes. So that's his way of just wasting the media's time because he just doesn't want to answer any other questions. You did him a favor. He must have loved you. He should have written you a thank you note, send you an edible arrangement. (laughs) I I knew about Bill Belichick from my mom, Courtney, because my dad played at the Naval Academy. And when he got done playing, he coached at the Naval Academy. He coached the plebe team. And his assistant coach with him was Bill Belichick, Steve Belichick, mm-hmm. his dad. So my mom remembers Bill, Be- little Billy, running around the field with his dad at practice when he was four or five years old. That's really cute. And my dad's weakness was he could not sit there and watch film. Like he just, like he just couldn't, he'd fall asleep. He could do a lot of other things, my dad, but he couldn't do what Steve Belichick did and what Bill would do. Like Bill was in that film room when he was four years old. And so, like, when you when you think about, like, what he has become, you just have to go back to his roots of Annapolis, Maryland, you know, and why he's always had players from the from the academies on his team. He's a long snapper now. From the United yep. States. Yeah. He's always respected the academies and the players and what they do and the responsibilities and, and the commitments and all that. And he's always, you know, tried to employ some of his players there from there. Bill, this year is approaching a rather difficult challenge or, I mean, as everyone in New England says, oh, he's in the hot seat and, you know, if he's got to improve and Mac Jones is coming in, great kid, by the way, I'm a big fan of of Mac and um, Mm -hmm. I I think it's less on Mac's progression as a quarterback and his his ability to improve and decision-making and all of that stuff that comes with the intellectual aspect of of the football player and learning. But um, more so the people are, are concerned about losing Josh McDaniels, losing your primary play caller and, and, and how he has evolved Mac Jones um, just in his rookie year. But it's also this concern about bringing in Joe judge and having Joe judge call some of the offensive plays. They don't want Matt Patricia to come and, and call the defensive plays. How do you see some of that uh, directional coaching going down, I guess, um, you know, in terms of, you know, who's, you, you kind of get the sense of what I'm saying. Like, uh, how, can, how can you speak to that? Because a lot of people are, including myself, are rather a little bit concerned. Well, they have taken, they've always taken the opposite approach of almost every team in the league, Courtney. I mean, if you looked at the Miami Dolphins coaching staff right now, I think it's like 26 guys, you know, in some capacity or another. I mean, Bill still probably un, like between eight and 10 coaches. Like they've got the smallest staff in the league. So, you know, none of these coaches really have gone on and had great success. I mean, go through the list of all of them, you know, Charlie, yeah. Charlie. I mean, you go through all of them. We'll see. Oh, Romeo Cornell, who just retired. Romeo, yeah. I'm just go through, yeah. I'm just go through the list of them. So there was something about maybe what Bill does and how he does it, you know, and how he, his input to what they're going to do. Like I was, I was on the Raider podcast today and they're saying, well, what, what should we expect from Josh, you know, Josh McDaniels this year? I said, well, you know, one thing about Bill Belichick, I don't care what year it was, Courtney. If they lost a bad game or went through a bad stretch, I guarantee you they would line up in I formation the next week, the first play, and run the ball right down your throat. Mm-hmm. Like, it was always their reset button. And so, like, there's just certain things that they have done. Now, the mistake that a lot of these coaches have made, Josh McDaniels did it his first time in Denver, is they try to take Tom Brady's playbook and give it to somebody like nobody can do that. Yeah. And so you can, and so even bill right now, you can't give 
Josh McDaniel's offense, you know, to, like I look, I think Mac is really bright and he can digest a lot. But even he was telling me, like I, I saw him at the Super Bowl and we did something together, and he was telling me that they could have as many as 30 different protections, which is way too many. Now you have a protection for every single scenario, whatever. Yeah. But that's too many protections. It's too much. And I, you know, so at some point you just you have to trim it down to make it more workable. And you can't have a a play or an offense or a protection for every single situation the way they did with Brady, because not only could Brady handle it, but he could disseminate everything to make sure everybody knew what they were doing. So I mean that, but that's, you know, that's 20 years. So I don't know what the offense is going to look like. Cole strange is probably going to be starting at guard. A lot of people didn't like the the draft pick uh, from UT Chattanooga, but they have done this before and it has worked. And so if he comes in, and I don't think he's Quentin Nelson, but, um, you know, but if he comes in and he starts and he plays at a high level, who cares where they draft him? So I I think everybody has to, like, step back and and just watch this thing. You know, I don't know. I don't think they're better than Buffalo. You know, I I don't think they're close to Buffalo. But we have to wait and see. And they've always trained their players. Malcolm Butler is back. He was a free agent. From West Texas A&M, became a Pro Bowl player, big free agent guy. Now he's back. They know how to train these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Buffalo, I was scrolling through my Instagram, and uh, they the most bets on on the futures for uh, Super Bowl are the Buffalo Bills, and it's this guy's like, Buffalo, we're gonna win. And I said it's perfect timing to have uh to have uh Baldy on the show as well. Yeah. Uh, I will Ken Dorsey pull some of that Brian Dayball magic uh from his time in Buffalo and and really be the support system that Josh um Josh Allen really needs. Or is does Josh is Josh just kind of stepping into the his own stratosphere of his own uh I think, in terms I mean, of I greatness? I remember. I remember being at NFL Network, Josh Allen's like second preseason game his rookie year. I'll never forget, he was playing Cincinnati. An international TV game. We're all sitting in the theater room uh, in Culver City there, and we're all watching the game, and we're going to talk about it after, you know, some total access show or whatever. So he's just getting destroyed. The offensive line stinks, you know, and he's throwing the ball like literally throwing it up for grabs, you know, just trying to extend a play. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, this guy, you know, they were trying to make this judgment on him, um, you know, on day one. And, you know, what you have to factor in with Brian Dable is he was there from day one. And so we saw him throw, make plays or try to make plays that just you can't do at the NFL level. They're just going to make you look bad. And he did that for a year, year and a half. And now he doesn't do that anymore. And And to your point, I think Josh is just, like he's he's in his own stratosphere right now. Yeah. Last time we saw him play, you know, he threw six touchdown passes. They never punted against Kansas City. Like they they had no, they, there was nothing Kansas City could do to stop him. If they got the ball back, you know, in the overtime, they would have scored again. I mean, it was they were an unstoppable force, and that that's kind of where they're at right now. And and I think all they have to do is kind of guide him right now. I I, I don't think he needs a lot. I think Mahomes is like that. I think these guys understand the game. They know what their limitations are. They want the ball in crunch time. Fourth downs, give it to me. I'm going to just go truck somebody. Like, they just have – they have it. 
They have that's where they're at. They're, they have a they they did it right. They they never stopped building around him. You know, they drafted him and they never stopped surrounding him. You know, with Stefan Diggs, whoever it was, yeah. they just kept building. And now they are a complete team. It's crazy because uh, one of my friends who was a uh, Patriots scout, now he's with the Tennessee Titans organization. He had told me, texted me, he said, hey, I'm, I'm up in uh, Wyoming right now. Right? That's where he went, Wyoming. He's like, I, I'm, I'm scouting the, the future number one overall pick. And this was two years before he went into the draft, and he's talking oh, wow. about Josh Allen. So yeah. um, I am – I have Josh Allen in my top three of MVP. Uh, I, I think that that that's actually going to happen. I always say it, but it's it hasn't really happened necessarily with the numbers to put up behind it. But I really truly think that they could steamroll. How disheartening is it? Speaking of Josh Allen and that game that you talked about with the Kansas City Chiefs, one coin flip, one fifty-fifty opportunity away from uh, going to the Super Bowl, or you know, I mean, going on to the next level. Um, yeah, obviously there were a couple more steps with that. How disheartening is it as a, as a football player to be kind of the case study in the off season where the NFL changes the rules about playoff, uh, overtime rules. Like that's gotta be, that's gotta sting harder than anything. You want to talk about the dragon, not leaving the body. I, I think, I think the dragon will stay yeah. in the body for Josh Allen and that Buffalo bills team. Cause they were absolutely robbed. Yeah, well, they, you know, this, it, there's a lot of sting there. Uh, and it didn't surprise me that they, you know, reversed the rule. That's what the NFL has always done. You know, you get a controversial call in a big moment with everybody watching. They're not going to let it happen again. But that being said, you know, they had to stop Kansas City. They had 13 seconds to stop Kansas City from tying yeah. the game. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. So there is something about that in that moment that Mahomes ripped their heart right out of their throat. Yeah, you know, with 13 seconds to go to get it to overtime and to win the coin toss and, and then to, to do what they did. So there is some responsibility as a defense that you can't let a team go 45 yards in 13 seconds to kick a game winning, you know, tying field goal. Like you just can't let that happen. So there was some of that. But, you know, to see Josh Allen just sitting there on the bench, twiddling his thumbs like that, that that's hard. to That was hard to watch. Yeah. And I, there wasn't one person in America around the world that didn't want to see him take the field. And go tie it up. I mean, I, I thought it was dumb. The whole thing was dumb. Because I thought, like, the it's not the – the rules weren't equitable with the regular season to begin with. It was always sudden death. It was it was never the same as the regular season. Regular season game can end in a tie. You can't have a playoff game end in a tie. So yeah. the whole thing seems stupid to me. Like, okay, well, if you go down and score a touchdown, you win the game. But if you go down and kick a field goal – the team gets like the whole thing didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Switching to the other, well, the other two teams, I guess now that we're on the, 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 uh, the subject of the AFC East, um, the most highly bet ticket in the off season is that the jets will win over five and a half games. Are you buying into the hype? Oh, yeah. that all the, I, I think they're going to be good this year. I really do. Like I, yeah. there's something inside of me. It's like Zach Wilson's going to turn the corner Robert Salah and everything that he has done to that defense and Sauce Gardner wearing that number one jersey with that that big sauce pendant. I, I think that, listen, you got to think about this, Baldy. When were the Jets at their prime? When Revis Island was a, an island of its own. It was run and it started with that defense and that secondary. And I, I think they made the right decision by, by drafting Gardner. And I, I just think there's going to be something you're going to see a little bit more from the New York Jets. Well, they had a great draft. 
I mean, they got three of their top eight players in the whole draft. You know, you know, when you look at Garrett Wilson and, you know, Jermaine Johnson, I mean, you got three of the top eight players, but um, you saw us, I, I was actually was in the building uh, in the off season doing some pre-draft stuff for him uh, when sauce was visiting. Yeah. I just got to tell you, Courtney, like I know these players visit and they, you know, they get, they, you know, they, they get in this car washes and they go team to team to team. I, I like, you know, the, the jets, have been largely dysfunctional for a decade. Um, and that's not even a strong enough word to describe just how dysfunctional they were. But that 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 whole building was juiced, you know, when he was there. And I, I, I there, there wasn't anything in my mind that said Joe Douglas wasn't drafting him if he was there at number four. And it helped that Stingley went number three uh, so that he was still available. So that kind of helped him a little bit. But um I believe I, I've known Joe Douglas a long time. He's been in my backyard here a bunch when he was in Philly and Baltimore. And, and I, I believe in Joe. And for the first time, the head coach and the general manager since Tannenbaum and Rex are on the same page. Yeah, they're, they're, exactly. yeah, they're, they're joined at the hip. And so, you know, I believe that Robert Sala right now has a pack of wild wolves rushing a quarterback right now. Like I think they've got eight, maybe nine that can get after a quarterback legit. Okay. And they've got an improved secondary behind them. If Mackay Becton, I'll see him in July at this function in Dallas. If Mackay's in shape, this offense is going to roll. Yeah. Because Lake Tomlinson and Oliver Tucker, like they're 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 going to run the ball with young legs. They're going to have a lot of targets. They got their tight ends. Like they just got to put it together. You know, it might take a couple of weeks, but five and a half. If I was a betting man in this sport, if Roger would let me bet. Yeah, I'd take a big chunk and put it on the deck. <laughs> I'm gonna. I might have to do it for you. Weren't there rumors that they were they were looking to trade Mackay Beckman in the off season, or was that was that uh, pending on whether or not the kid was in shape? Because I mean, he's a he's a he's a he's a mauler. He's a he's, he's like he's a, unbelievable. There's, he's a, there's unbelievable. You know, there's Trent Williams. There's Jordan Malata. There's a few guys that can move men the way Mackay did his rookie year. Now he's got to stay on the field. He's got to take he's just care injuries, of injuries, right? It's a you know he's, he's had a ton of ton of little things that have taken him off the field. Um, knee last year, but he looked like ten pounds of you know what in a five pound bag when I saw him in preseason up in Green Bay last year. He didn't look like he was in shape. Yeah. He's, he's been very immature, and that's on him. But that's might be who he is. But we got to find out. But his talent is is it's off the chart good. Like he if he if he is 345, 350, and he comes and he plays, the offense line is going to be good to great. And uh, the Bruce brothers with Oliver Tucker and Makai Beckton on the left side is going to get a lot of Baldy breakdown mentioned. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited for that. Well, the last one in the AFC, of course, is the Miami Dolphins. You check them out in uh, what, their quick OTAs uh, a couple of weeks ago. I know that you yeah, were messaging me. You're like, hey, how come you're not up in here in Davy? I'm like, I don't want to waste 45 minutes on the, on the interstate to go, go, go up there. It's a schlep for me down here in downtown Miami. Um, all of that being said, Mike McDaniel, uh, a lot of promise from him coming in as the offensive coordinator in San Francisco. He did bring a lot of his coaching staff down there. 
maybe a lot more than is needed. You said there's about 26 coaches that they have there. Um, the big question here, obviously, is to Atunga Vailoa, will he be able to stay on the field? Um, will he get too much criticism? I'm sure that, you know, it's almost like he's like the new age, like NFL LeBron. It's like, hey, let's talk about Tua and his um, arm strength and control of the ball and the spin. And, you know, I mean, you could just do a whole breakdown on on whether or not he's going to be a viable quarterback for them. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. Is the promise there? Is 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 it? Are we overanalyzing um, Tua's ability in the pocket? Uh, will the Dolphins be fine with him there? Or I can say that maybe Teddy Bridgewater will get a chance maybe week three, four of the season. Well, you know, sometimes, Courtney, you, you just have to believe in the player. Like, I believe in the person of Tua Tagovailoa. Like, what type of person he is. Like, I believe in his commitment. Um, I believe in his uh, ha- his work habits. I believe in his fundamentals. I believe that they have really, really built the team up around him. I mean, they've got a legit receiving core right now. The ball's going to go down the field to Tyreek. It's, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't even have to go 40 yards down the field. I mean, you can run crossing routes to let him go 60 yards. They got Kasicki back. They've got running backs and Raheem Mostert and group, you know. So they've they've got everything. They've got a left tackle for the first time since Laramie Tunsil left. I mean, they've they've got and, and you know, and when you look at Terran Armstead, like he's a man. Like he's yeah. a real man. Like he he knows how like I've known Terran a long time. He's a natural leader. Like you you need certain people in positions to lead. They haven't had that guy in Miami forever. Um, they have a guy like that that will take the young guys, work with them after practice, film study. Like they've got, and Mike McDaniel's is a bright guy. He's a nerdy bright guy, but he's a bright guy. Like you might see a dip in San Francisco without him there. Like yeah. he is, he has, like, I don't know if it's going to translate to coaching a whole team, Courtney, but his ability to just dissect defenses and know how they're going to respond to motions, movement, formations is uncanny. Like it, it probably is like this big Ivy league brain, you know, that's just, it's all football. And he is that guy. Now there's a lot more than that to, to coaching any team. So we got to see if he can handle that part, the adversity, you know, you know, a, a bad start, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. injuries, like whatever, we got to see how he handles it. But I like I like a lot of the things about that team. I, I'm a huge fan of Javon Holland, and I got a chance to meet him a couple weeks ago down there at practice. And uh, that guy, I mean, you know, there's a couple guys that can play free safety maybe better than him, but he's he's got a bright future. Did you get a chance to uh, touch base with Joe Rose? What are your thoughts on him? He was like... <laughs> My former anchor. Yeah, uh, when yeah. I was down here, you know, uh, twenty, a, a young twenty-five years old, ten years ago, it was me and Joe Rose who ran the the anchor desk at NBC Six South Florida. And I mean, man, um, yeah. he is quite the personality. No, Joe. Like, Joe is just like Joe is just. Why, but there's a reason why Joe is still working. Yeah. You know, still, he still shows up. He still works his ass off. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, Joe's great. I mean. There's not, if they call me at his station to come on and talk football with Joe, like uh, I'll do everything I can to make that possible. But yeah, yeah. Joe's, Joe's been an ally. He's been a good friend. Um, you know, I, I think we're, 
we're like 10 fishing trips behind uh, of going fishing with them right now. So we got to get out of the boat one day. All right, you got to get your ass down here to go on a fishing yeah. trip with Joe before he makes his um, trips. I mean, man, I, I it was so unbelievable because he would be traveling, obviously, with the team on the road. And yeah. then he would do sports final with us. And it would be, uh, you know, then he'd get on the team plane and he would arrive at South Florida at 3.30 in the morning. And then he would go straight <laughs> To his job at the radio station, 6 a.m. to 10. He didn't sleep. It was, I mean, uh, yeah. And he's got I, a big, look, he's got a 30-year career in South Florida. Nobody else has that. No, you know, no. Like he, definitely. He's unique. Yeah. Definitely not. Well, my last question, I mean, it was kind of, you touched on that, was San Francisco's um, potential possible decline um, of of leaving, um, of having Josh McDaniel, uh, sorry, Mike McDaniels, Josh McDaniel, Mike McDaniel leave that organization. I took a lot of uh, also pieces with him. But um, just in terms of Trey Lance and Trey Lance's progression, are we kind of overhyping Trey Lance slightly? Um, I know that Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo, although he did have shoulder surgery on that, still sort of has a handle hold. I mean, I, I've always learned from the school of Bill Belichick that you go into the season and you earn that starting role. There's nothing that is given to you. It's nothing that you have to prove it. You have to keep it as a mainstay. But um, – uh, I just kind of the, your thoughts on the, on the future of the 49ers franchise and what that quarterback situation is going to look like maybe in, in, in mid August or early September. Well, I've always said that um, it's a lot harder to replace great coaches than it is great players. And they have, you know, they, they have been plucking coaches from, Kyle Shanahan staff now for the last three years, Robert Saleh, musical Mike McDaniel. I mean, all these guys are coming off his tree. You know, I, I think they're in good shape, you know, from a coaching standpoint, but I think the loss of Mike McDaniel is going to, I think that's going to be felt, but you know, I think defensively they're going to be really good. Um, and they're, they're they, they, but you know, the, the quarterback situation is a little tricky for some reason. And I don't really understand why they did this, but they really, they, they played Trey Lance early in the year last year. He started a game. And then they didn't play him at all. Not once. Not one play. Yeah. For like six straight weeks. And then Garoppolo got hurt and he started. Um, he did a, a couple of good things. No, he's basically played three games in two years. And so, you know, he just hasn't played a lot of football. And yeah. so you can sit in the sidelines. Like, he's got a – like, I don't know if you just say, okay, here you go, Trey. Preseason, um, OTAs, whatever. Like, let's let's go. Like, Part of me says you got to do it. You got to play him, regardless of the leadership, what they feel about Jimmy, which is considerable, um, because the time the clock is ticking on his yeah. five year window, and yeah, you've yeah, got to yeah. win these. You got to win these Super Bowls. You got to try to win these Super Bowls. You got to win in crunch time. I mean, like you got to. It's, it's almost like it's inevitable that you're going to have a brain fart in the last like thirty seconds of a game that he makes that one crucial mistake within two minutes, the last seconds of the game. That's that's going to undo him. I mean, yeah. well, you get, but you, you even like betray, you got five years to try to win a Super Bowl with, you know, on a rookie contract. When you start getting the second contract or the third contract with Russell Wilson and all these guys, like it becomes a lot more difficult to build a team. And so they, you know, they can afford Nick Bowes and Trent Williams and some great players right now because Trent's on a rookie contract. Yeah. So, but I do believe if Jimmy didn't have shoulder surgery in the offseason, they would have traded him. You know, he might be in Carolina right now. He might be, you know, who knows. But, you know, he, he I think he would be gone. So if, if that was the thinking, then get Trey Lance ready to play. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. 
I won't go any further with that because I mean that I'm going to start thinking about all the other teams. And this is the perfect primer for the offseason. Brian Baldinger, NFL Network, good buddy of mine. Now, I mean, now that we've like officially met, I used the NFL Network was weird. We would always be remote. We would always, uh, you know, not see each other in person. And this was well before COVID and all of those um, contingencies of uh, logistics and all of that stuff. But um, this is the perfect little pre-taste of the NFL and some AFC East talk. Yeah. I think you've just started a good trend, Baldy, and I can't wait to uh, to get up to one of your film sets. Well, we got seven other divisions to do, Courtney, so let me know when you're ready for the other seven, okay? Okay, like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I mean, I yeah. was going to ask you, I was going to dive into like a Baker Mayfield. I, I have this Baker Mayfield rant. Maybe I'm just, we'll send it to you first, and then we can start off of that um, because I, I said that he's, he's going to have to, um, he's really just going to have to realize that uh you know he's he's got to be a backup quarterback in the nfl and he, i don't think he could swallow that if he wants to get back on the field but we won't get into that unless you have a you have a thought you have a thought on baker yeah, I'm a, I'm, I, I just happen to be a baker mayfield fan i'm a, i'm a baker supporter as well listen i i love his moxie i love his attitude i think that he has this like you know no lose mentality that um you know drives him to be better but um, it's an unfortunate situation for up there. And I, I know a couple of people, much like, you know, Udonis Haslam after they fired um, Brian Flores down here. He was like, I'm not a Dolphins fan anymore. A lot of people are like, I, I'm I'm not a Bills. I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not a Browns fan anymore because of the way that they hold into yeah. Sean Watson. Yeah. I mean, I, we've got to see how that plays out. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I would tell you right now that I could give you five teams off the top of my head where if Baker was allowed to compete, he probably wins the job. Okay. You know, so, who are the Well, you know, one of them might be pretty close to where you're at right now. Um, you know, I think he would I, win I the agree. job. In I listen, I agree. I agree. I think he'd win the job in Seattle. I think he'd win the job in Carolina. I mean, you could go through some teams right now. And if Baker was allowed to compete, Houston. Um, you know, I, I think Baker would, would would win the job. Okay. If he's healthy. I mean, I don't know what his status is right now with the shoulders. I mean, the shoulders, I don't know how he played last year. Oh, God. How he played. I don't know how he did it. The thing was dangling. I, yeah. and, uh, I, no, I don't know how anybody can be expected to be performing. Now, he, he's been relatively healthy at Texas Tech in Oklahoma in his first years in, in Cleveland. He'd been healthy. He, he, as much as he got hit or chased around the pocket, like, you know, I, I don't know, like that guy – he can throw a deep ball. Like I, I think he has a lot going for him. And so he just has to, you know, he might be a Ryan Tannehill, Courtney, where he's got to go someplace and wait for his opportunity, win a job. But you know, that guy is a football fanatic. Like he's going to, he'll, he'll, he'll go, he'll go compete. Okay. All right. Awesome. So what are you going to go back to your yard work? I see that you have like, you know, the, uh, you, you got, you got the full bandana situation going on here. You got the Polynesian football, it almost yeah. looked like a crab. I thought it was going to be like one of those, like uh, uh, Annapolis, Maryland uh, crab bowl. Yeah. <laughs> you sure? That's what it looks like in this camera. Uh, well, the Polynesian uh, bowl is going to be on the NFL network this year. So we're all excited about it. Oh, that. Like, exciting. We got a landing place. Okay. All these, like I'm very close to the Polynesian culture. So okay. like I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for these, these players are just so unique. Can you, can you, you do know, the haka? Uh, no, I, 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 my mother did not give me a dancing gene, so <laughs> it's not my fault. It's my mother's fault. So no, Which I'm not doing any fire dances. I'm no. not playing with fire, Courtney. No, uh, I let somebody else do that. Uh, it's one of the most, one of actually my, one of my favorite things. I think there's a couple players that maybe a couple years ago, there was a player at LSU 
and they were playing in the national championship oh, yeah, game. And his dad yeah, and Brad, his brothers met him in the park. Who was it? Braden Fahoko. Yeah, and they met yeah. him in the parking lot and did the haka, and it's just like you know, oh, yeah. I, oh my god, it was just like wow, I was getting chills. Well, his father, his father, uh, it was the um, was the warrior for the Hawaiian Warriors, and he was he was the mascot wow. for the University of Hawaii. So like they did a haka for every game out there. Oh, yeah. that's so Aloha great. Stadium. Oh, if you haven't, if you're listening to this, go Google that. Go Google that yeah. right now because it, oh, it was yeah. such an awesome video. Oh, man. Oh, it'll, get you, it'll get you going. It'll, it'll get, get you, you going. going. Yep. Going to yeah. run through a wall with this one. All right, Baldy, thank you so much for your time. This is fantastic. Love it, Courtney. Thank you.